Hi, and welcome to The Movie Girls, a podcast from two friends dedicated to answering the age-old question, which was better, the book or the movie? And I'm Hannah. And if you want to hear more from the Movie Girls, we are on Patreon. All you have to do to become a patron is go to patreon.com forward slash the Movie Girls or hit the link in our bio on Instagram and you get access to a bunch of our bonus content, which we just finished the Nine Perfect Strangers series and we're looking to uh, possibly do a Christmas themed series next. So stay tuned for that. (laughs) Um, By the way, I wish everyone could look at how we're set up right now. Rosha, we usually record in Rosha's apartment. Rosha is in the process of moving, so she sold her table where we normally record. So we're literally on boxes well, and, and I was, chairs. Right and now. I was so like, pr- like way too proactive because I thought it was going to take a while. She to doesn't sell move them. for two weeks. Yeah, that was not smart. <laughs> so this so. will be us next week. As yeah, well. it's fine. Um, so, but this week on the feed, we are covering Shutter Island, and I have titled this one very smartly. It's called Truth. And lies, truths and lies, Okay. because the title of Shutter Island is also an anagram, oh. which comes into play in the movie. I didn't even realize that. Mm-hmm. And so truths and lies is an anagram for Shutter Island. Wow. I didn't come up with that on my own. Hannah just dropping knowledge on everyone. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> uh, so the book was originally published April 15th, 2003, tax day. <laughs> Um, and it's written by Dennis Lehan, who also wrote Mystic River, which I'm sure Ooh, we'll eventually cover. That movie's so good. I've never seen that or read to that. Sean Penn. It's yeah. a thick book, though. Oh, great. Wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll save that for another time. Um, it has a Goodreads rating of 4.1 out of 5, and it's 380 pages. But in the so on the book, because I had the actual hardcover, you listened to the book. Mm-hmm. It's funny because it's a pretty thick book, but like the words don't go all the way to the edge. Oh. So I would say it's probably like, Two thirds of that, actually. Interesting. So. Okay. Uh, the movie came out in 2010. Um, it's rated R, and it's a mystery mystery thriller, and it's two hours and 18 minutes long. Directed by, um, we might as well say Leonardo DiCaprio's best friend, uh, Martin Scorsese, <laughs> because he literally is in almost every one of his movies. That's very true. Um, so the movies he's in with Martin Scorsese is The Wolf of Wall Street, The Aviator, The Departed, which he won an Oscar for. Mm-hmm. Um, Martin did Gangs of New York and. And then the upcoming Roosevelt movie that's coming up. Oh. So, um, love me some Martin. Yeah. I love his eyebrows. I know. <laughs> I just think it's so funny. Like, I was doing a little bit more research on Leo. Like, he literally just, like, picks, like, the best directors to work with. 100%. It's it literally either Martin Scorsese, Quentin Tarantino, and, like, nobody else. Has he ever worked with Steven Spielberg? Not that I think of. There's one other one that I'm not thinking of that he's yeah. worked with a lot. But I'm like, yeah, I wish I could be on that level. James Cameron, Titanic. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Can't yes. forget that one. <laughs> nope. Uh, speaking of Leo, and I know we'll go into his uh, character, obviously, but I saw a meme recently that was like a um, progression and age of Leo. Mm-hmm. So it's like from when he was a kid, right? Yeah. And then the last two are like him now. And then the next one's um, Jack Nicholson. Oh, no. I'll be so sad if he turns that corner. But I'm like, honestly, he's one of those uh, actors who just does not care. No. Like, he has fully accepted the dad bod role. I love And like, he's just fine with it. And I'm okay with it, too. Because he can still get... You know, twenty-one-year-old models. Honestly, well, I mean, we're already going into Leo, but like, I mean, unless you know, 
obviously some things don't age well. So as of right now, we ha- he has not been canceled in in the no, public. No, I hope so, not. I mean, I feel like he's been able to make or keep this good persona mm-hmm. through his career and there he hasn't had a lot of controversy true you never know in these days if something comes up but <laughs> yeah I don't know. but i just thought that was so hilarious i mean i love jack nicholson but like yeah no thank that's you that's so funny <laughs> um so the imdb synopsis of this movie reads in 1954 a u.s marshal investigates the disappearance of a murderer who escaped from a hospital for the criminally insane it doesn't even say there's a twist no that would give it away I know. I don't know. <laughs> to people like me who had never seen the movie right, before that's true <laughs> So some interesting facts, um, the director, or sorry, the author, Lee Han, and I think I'm saying that right, hopefully, um, he was inspired by the hospital and grounds on Long Island in Boston Harbor for the model of the hospital mm-hmm. and the island. Um, he had visited it during a blizzard of, in 1978 as a child with his uncle and family. Huh. So it, it kind of reminded me of Stephen King and like how he had previously gone mm-hmm. to where the, the, the hotel Shining, that yeah. you know inspired The Shining. I thought that was interesting. Um, he described the novel as a hybrid of the works of the Bronte, Bronte sisters. Bronte? I think it's Bronte. Don't ask me. Wrong person to ask. Bronte. Um, And the 1956 film Invasion of the Body Snatchers, which I haven't seen, um, but it says his intent was to write the main characters in a position where they would lack resources, such as like radio communication Mm. and all that, basically, you know, stranded, essentially. I have some questions about the storm that happens in this movie. You mean the fake storm that doesn't happen? Yeah. Does the the storm happen? Right. That's that's my question. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like, was that just a happy coincidence? We'll, we'll discuss. <laughs> um, and then last but not least, this story has also been reworked into a graphic novel um, that... Ha- Rosha loves graphic novels. Shut up. <laughs> um, which the art was uh, created by Christian Demeter. Um, but I, I personally haven't seen it, but I'm sure it would still be pretty cool to see i mean uh and well you've you already mentioned this offline but we'll talk about how the differences in visually from yeah you know the book to the movie uh but yeah those are my fun facts so i was really upset rotten tomatoes only has this as a 68 percent really like i think and i think the people that are like negative about it are like oh i saw the twist coming a million miles away and i'm like I hate people like that. Like, just ex- just watch the movie. Right. Like, don't try to figure it. Like, just watch it. Well, and, like, I don't know. For me, I am one to, like, not only usually guess twists, mostly in books, yeah. not in movies necessarily, but I love a good twist. Yeah. And I felt like this movie had yeah. a great twist. So... That's surprising. And everyone that I've personally talked to has loved this movie. So that's surprising. Well, and I I think Leo did an amazing job. So I don't know. I was a little sad about it. (laughs) Anyways, uh, it had an $80 million budget and it grossed $294 million. And so the movie's opening um, weekend grossed $42 million in the U.S. And it marked the best of Martin Scorsese's career up until then. Um, And then it went on to gross as much as it did, making it the highest grossing movie of his career until Wolf of Wall Street in 2013. Mm. So it's, it's interesting to think like, I mean, we talked about before it's the aviator, the departed gangs, New York, like these huge blockbusters. And this was even bigger, but I feel like this movie doesn't get the acknowledgement that, you think it would have well and i mean i myself am not usually a thriller watcher i don't yeah. I, I get scared of movies so maybe there's an audience that this just doesn't resonate with yeah. you know wolf of wall street is a different type of movie the departed is a different type of movie gangs of new york is a completely different type of yeah. movie so maybe it just doesn't really hit especially with leo fans because to my knowledge i don't think he's been in any other scary type movie or thriller no. type movie so maybe that's I why i don't know 
<laughs> um, so this is actually the only movie um, that Martin and Leo have done together that did not get an Oscar. Wow. So all of those other movies are at least nominated for right. an Oscar. Um, so I thought that was interesting because I feel like it's up there as, you know, one of the my favorite Leo mm-hmm. movies. So. But, I mean, that also goes to show that even if the Oscars didn't necessarily think it was, maybe that rating does make sense. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. So it's funny that you brought up The Shining because the music that accompanies the opening logo for Paramount um, actually was taken as a sample out of the soundtrack of The Shining. Oh, so, which is a great soundtrack. Yeah. So it does have a little bit of similarities. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, the storyline's a little different, but it's a main character kind of losing his his yep. nuggets a little just bit. Just replace a hotel with an insane asylum. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then lastly, so I just thought this was interesting. So this is a technically a period piece because it's in the 50s. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they did a great job of making it feel like it was in the 50s. Sure, yeah. Um, one of the things you can see in the movie is that Leo actually uses a ballpoint pen um, called the Parker Joiner. And it was released in 1954. And it was the first successful and reliable ballpoint pen to hit the market at the time, <laughs> which quickly drove fountain pens into obsolete, obsolete, wow. obsolete, and um, over 300 and a half million pens were sold that year and made the Parker Joyner the dominated ballpoint pen on the market of the time. I mean, as one who appreciates the artistry of a ballpoint, pen, right? I, I, I get that, <laughs> which, which is funny. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm joking. Uh, what I'm so funny? excited about the ballpoint pen. Ball- Point pens, yay! Uh, but I've never heard of a Parker Jotter, so I don't know. Is it maybe it's P? No, no, that's Procter and Gamble. Never mind. I was like, yeah, maybe there's an know. acronym for it. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But maybe that was like what set the stage for all ballpoint pens to come. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> they they walked so everyone else could run. <laughs> what a lame topic. Why did I even bring this up? No, this is great. Fascinating. <laughs> Fascinating. All right, let's get into better things. The cast of the movie. Uh, Teddy Daniels, we'll call him for now, is uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. He is the main character. He is the detect- head detective marshal of this <laughs> mystery that's going on. Um, obviously, I'm not going to go through his list of movies. We talked about him earlier. Mm-hmm. But he does have five upcoming projects. Wow. Let's hear them. One that I thought was very interesting. Um, it's a TV miniseries. Okay. So I'm guessing it's probably going to be like an HBO, mm-hmm. Amazon Prime, one of those things. It's called The Devil in the in the White, White City. And it's the, um, the little blurb about it. It's an architect works to build up the 1893 World's Fair while the serial, ki- serial killer, H.H. Holmes, uses the fair to attract and kill women. And Leo plays the serial killer. You're kidding. And I am so excited for it. Well, I take back my comment about him being in thrillers. Apparently yeah. He's he's doing it again. Like, um, I need this to come out now. But also, like, I would have definitely pegged him as the architect, not the killer. Right. <laughs> so I'm pretty excited to see him in that role. Um, and then I said earlier, uh, Roosevelt. He is playing mm-hmm. Teddy Roosevelt in that okay. upcoming movie. So more Leo to come. More Leo. All Leo all the time, please. Thank you. I love him. I mean, he, my mom and I were talking about this about how like leo's such an ageless actor mm-hmm. and he's very good at the period type pieces and taking roles back to yeah. you know back in time um and he did that listen 
there's not just anyone that I would allow to play Jay Gatsby. Right. Uh, and, That's very true. You know, he, but I, I've said this before. I'll say it again. He was my first crush. He will forever be my first love. I hope he's your first and your last crush and your first and your last love. Like, I hope you marry him. Oh, <laughs> I mean, I don't know if I'm necessarily his type, but I would gladly do that. No, no, no. <laughs> um, so Chuck is played by... Oh, Chuck is... I guess that we'll say his partner. Sure. Um, it is uh, Teddy's partner in this, uh, played by Mark Ruffalo, who it's so funny. I forgot he was in this movie. And um, this was actually before he became Hulk in the oh, Avengers. Okay. So, um, but he's actually been nominated for three Oscars, which I thought was crazy. For what? I can't remember what they were. Huh. But it's just so funny because you always feel like Mark Ruffalo is like an ancillary character in a lot of films. Usually. Um, his three Oscar noms are for supporting roles. Okay. Um, but obviously, 13 going on 30. I Literally mean, razzles. <laughs> like, the best. Um, and he was also in the movie Zodiac as well. So, as a supporting character. Okay. I mean, sorry. I, I was too busy looking at Jake Gyllenhaal. That right. I know. I feel like he always... Like, poor Mark Ruffalo. Like, he always has, like, a better looking lead actor. Well, with 13 him. going on 30. He's I mean, the star of the show in that yeah, one. Yeah, sure. <laughs> but you know what I mean. Yeah. So, I love Mark Ruffalo. I um, do, too. I, I, I read that he actually got this role after sending Martin Scorsese a fan letter saying how much he really wanted to work with him. That's incredible. And he found a, a role for him to play in. Listen, people. This just goes to show, shoot your shot. Right. Well, and a lot of times we see Mark Ruffalo a little bit scruffier in mm-hmm. in movies. That's how I prefer him. Um, but I don't know. I liked him in some of the suits in this movie. I thought he was good. This, the clean shaven face is, is not my fave. I like him with a little scruff. <laughs> I like all my men with a little oh, scruff. Let's go. be honest. <laughs> um, so Dr. Collie? Collie. Collie um, is played by Ben Kingsley. Uh, Sir Ben Kingsley. Sir Ben Kingsley. <laughs> um, it was one of those things where I was like, where do I know this guy from? Like, why, can, why can't I place him in there? And I literally had just watched him in Iron... He's Trevor in Iron Man 3. <laughs> and he's in the new movie um, Shang-Chi that we just saw. Oh, yeah. Um, but he's also in Ender's Game, which we've talked about mm-hmm. doing for a while now. So we'll see him again. Yeah, but- just... I'm just pushing that off as much as I, I can. I know, I know. But anyways, I thought he was good. I, I really liked him in this role because it's one of he's one of those characters that like you don't know if you should love him or hate him. Yeah. And that's the role that this guy plays a 100%. lot. One hundred percent. Um so I don't know, I thought he was very dynamic in this movie. I liked him a lot. I thought he brought the character to life. Also, like he's one of those that has that iconic voice in my opinion, mm-hmm. too. So like you don't even have to watch the screen and you know he's talking and I yeah. just I like his voice a lot. So I thought he did well. Uh, Dolores, who is, um, is Leo's wife in the movie, mm-hmm. uh, played by Michelle Williams. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's so funny. Like, this is going to sound horrible, but like Michelle Williams, for some reason, like if you asked me what movies has Michelle Williams been in, mm-hmm. I've probably seen a million of her movies and I can just never peg her in movies. The only one I can think of is Brokeback Mountain. I literally (laughs) just saw her in the second Venom movie and had no idea that that's who, like I couldn't, I wouldn't have been able to tell you that. For lack of a better way of describing her, she's very forgettable. Yeah. I mean, she was in The Greatest Showman. Don't remember that. Um, but she also was in Dawson's Creek for years. That's what I know her most from. Um, but yeah, she was in Venom 1 and 2 and a million other things. Um, We obviously know her as well as um, being Heath Ledger's fiance mm-hmm. when he passed away. I thought they were actually married, but I guess not. They did have a daughter, they did, but Matilda. they didn't get married. Um, so she actually is remarried now, though. Oh. She didn't end up getting married. She's married to the director of um, the movie Hamilton that just came out. Ah. Uh, Thomas K. Khalil? K. Kale? Something like that. I love that. Um, 
play slash movie slash whatever it was called on yeah. Disney Plus. <laughs> so I don't know. She's just very like subdued for me. So it's funny that she's she's married to like some sort of Broadway type. I'll be guy. honest. When her face came up on the screen, I was like, oh. Well, even like I was hoping for someone else. And and it's one of those faces where I'm like, I see her and I'm like, who, who is that? Like, I'm always like, I know her. <laughs> oh, I definitely know her and I recognize her. Yeah. It's just not in a good way. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, okay. Yeah. I, don't <laughs> know. I did like her in Dawson's Creek. I'll give her yeah. that. But that was such a long time ago. Yeah. She's like, whatever. But also, I mean, there's a little bit of an interchangeable character anyway. True. But there's a point in this movie where... I needed that creeper factor from her, yeah. that creepy factor, and I didn't get it. I That's was like, fair. this could have been a really eerie, Honestly, eerie scene. And, and like, I hate to say this because they're in a lot of movies together, but like Margot Robbie would have been perfect <sighs> for this. Margot <laughs> Robbie just needs to play everything. I freaking love her, man. I love her. Let's Girl just petition crush. for that. I know. <laughs> um, lastly, I wanted to bring up the deputy warden McPherson, um, played by John Carroll Lynch. He's one of those actors that is in, like, everything. He I did not rarely, recognize him. You've never seen him before? I mean, I'm sure I have, but I, like, didn't couldn't place him. Well, he's, uh, I, what I know him from recently is he's in that show Big Sky that I tried to oh, watch okay. for a while. The one that they promised me Ryan Phillippe was going to be in. And then, spoilers, <laughs> killed him off the very first episode. <laughs> Honestly, that's fine. I don't like Ryan Phillippe. But, like, I we've been waiting for years to have Ryan Phillippe be in something sure. again. And then... The, like the billboards, so who does he play in that? The billboards even had Ryan Phillippe's face on. Guess it. what? It worked. It got you to watch it. Yeah, I stopped watching. Um, but anyways, <laughs> he's like the bad. He's one of the bad guys in that in that show. I'm trying to, uh, but he's also him. in American Horror Story. He <laughs> played one of the creepiest characters of all time Ooh. in American Horror Story. He played um, Mr. Jingles, uh, Twisted oh! Clown, and John Wayne Gacy. Like, one of the creepiest American horror story characters Ooh, of all time. yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, he, again, I mean, he doesn't have a huge role in this film, uh, but I just wanted to talk about him. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Mainly to talk about how I'm mad at Ryan Phillippe. <laughs> well, you can, you should blame the uh, producers or directors yeah, yeah, yeah. or whatever. Anyways, those are the only characters I cared about. All right. Well, really, all that matters is Leo. Right. So. <laughs> all right. Time for Who Said It. Your first quote is, this world can only give me reminders of what I don't have, can never have, didn't have for long enough. Oh my gosh, that's deep. Um, <laughs> we'll go with Teddy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, next one. Someday, Marshall, and it's not far off, we'll medicate experience right out of the human experience. Dr. Colley. Yes. Uh, last but not least, if you're not crazy, but people have told the world you are, then all your protests to the contrary just underscore their point. Rachel? Yeah! Yes. Good job! Ha. I guess I was It helps when that here. stuff gets actually repeated in the movies. Well, it's so hard when it, a movie is so like the book because mm-hmm. it's hard to pick out quotes that A, are meaningful and B, aren't in the movie. That's true. <laughs> so, That's very true. There you have it. All right. Your options for F. Mary Kill are obviously Teddy, mm-hmm. uh, Chuck, and then Dr. Collie. Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to marry Chuck. Okay. Because Chuck just, he's a nice guy. He's trying to help. Mm-hmm. And he ends up being a doctor. Spoiler. <laughs> um, I will um, go to the loony bin with Teddy. Ooh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess I got to kill Dr. Collie. Poor Dr. Collie. I know. He means well, too, but he seems like he's losing it a bit himself. 
True. I bet you Kali makes more than more money than Chuck, though. Probably. Because, <laughs> you know, that's all I care about. I know. Chuck's younger. He'll live longer. Uh, live, true. Live longer. Uh, He'll take over the asylum, I bet. That's fair. Um, I'm going to go ahead and agree with you on Great. that one. So, good choices. Fabulous. All right. So, let's get into the movie. It is set in 1954, um, which is one of my favorite time periods. Like, I wish I grew up in the 50s. Really? What what love, What do you like about the 50s? Like the sock hops and let oh. me go to the diner. Like, I wish I lived in the 20s. I wanted to be part of the flapper era. Yeah, but I feel like politically there was a lot going on then. Well, yeah, and like prohibition. Yeah. Like I don't know. The 50s Great just depression. seem like, I mean, it is a little old fashioned in terms of like, let's have the guy ask the girl and the women don't have jobs. You know, like a yeah. little old school like that for me, but... I don't know. I feel like it was a simpler time. I don't know. <laughs> Everything feels like a simpler time. I know. They, there weren't pandemics. <laughs> um, so it starts out just like the book does. Well, kind of. Not really. We get this scene in the movie. Yes, they, we we kind of just fast forward. I'll, I'll just t- yeah. basically tell you what happens in the book. So the book actually starts with a prologue of yes. a diary entry of Dr. Colley, where he's basically saying like, it, it all has to do with Teddy and Andrew and um, Dolores. It's basically kind of setting the stage, but we don't yeah. really know what that means. Um, and then we get a quick flashback of like Teddy as a kid with his dad having mm-hmm. been on a boat. And that's like the first experience of like seasickness that he yes. gets. So that's kind of how the b- book starts. <laughs> I literally have in my notes. I'm there on a ferry ride and Teddy's throwing up. Yeah. So he has really bad seasickness. Um, not so much from the, from the movement, but he talks about in the book how it's more of like just seeing the open water mm-hmm. makes him nauseous. Like same. That's <laughs> creepy to me. Really? Open water. Ugh. No, thanks. You've been on cruises, though. I've never been on a cruise. I thought you did. No. Didn't you go on a, to Alaska on a cruise? No, my mother did. Oh, same, same. <laughs> the jungle cruise at Disneyland does not count. <laughs> also, speaking of tangent, um, mm-hmm. it really depends who your in- conductor is yes, on that ride. Absolutely. Otherwise, it could be really boring. Anyway. Uh, you mean your ship captain? Sure. Excuse me. <laughs> Anyways. Not your train conductor? Right. Yes. <laughs> um, but he, this is where Teddy meets his new quote unquote partner, Chuck. And he says he's from Seattle. Um, In the book, they kind of make up this story about how he transferred from Seattle because they didn't treat his Asian wife right. Oh, yes. (laughs) They don't talk about that in the movie, but... There's a lot of politically incorrect things used in this book. Which which... is funny because it was not... it wasn't, wasn't written, written in that long ago. Yeah, no, it wasn't written in the 50s, so... Um, But Chuck, it's very much... From the very beginning, we see that Chuck kind of almost idolizes Teddy. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm just going to go ahead and talk about this. Like, I don't know what actually happens. I think that's I the think best, that's way, the to best way to go. Yeah. So Chuck just kind of like knows that Teddy is some sort of legend in in the police force. Mm-hmm. They're both supposed to be these U.S. Marshals. And they start trying to get to know each other. One thing I thought was funny. Here's another little tangent for you. We talk. They talk about in the book when they're exchanging their names about how Teddy's real name is Edward. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, well, how did you get, how do you get Ted from Edward? Mm-hmm. And there's this little blurb about it. And my mom goes, well, yeah, back like when I was growing up, everyone named Edward was nicknamed Teddy. Hmm. And I was like, well, that's bizarre. <laughs> and then she Googled it and there's some weird reason be- behind it. Ah! And like how people didn't like pronounce right. E's or something. Oh, I don't know. that's interesting. I mean, I've definitely seen it. So we find out that they're on this ferry headed to a mental institution, asylum, whatever. Hospital. Hospital. And, um, but it's for the criminally insane. Mm. And it's on this like desolate island. Yeah. Uh, mm. In the book, it's a little bit more quaint. 
<laughs> yeah, it's a lot smaller. Um, they're both still off the coast of like Boston, though, right? Yeah. Boston. Ba- ba- Boston. <laughs> off the coast of Boston. <laughs> wow. I did like Leo's um, his uh, Eastern accent. Um, unlike, East Coast accent. Yeah, unlike Anne Hathaway in The Witches, which we covered <laughs> last week, Leo does an incredible job doing different ac- accents. Mm-hmm. I will give him credit. Especially like East Coast, like Chicago, well, yeah. Boston. Yeah. A clop. You clop. clop. <laughs> he says that a couple times. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, but in the movie, it's like this very large island that they go to. And they arrive there. And there's men, like, heavily armed. Yeah, I was like, uh, is this an asylum? Or is this, like, a military Prison, base? yeah. <laughs> well, and they talk about how, like, it used to be an old war for. Mm. And I'm like, what? Who? Like, why? Mm. I don't know who's taking over that. But anyways. And we can tell that all the men are, like, a little on edge. They're all, like, looking at them, like, yeah. it, something's up, right? We even see that the place is surrounded by electric fences. Yes. And right off the bat, because well, we, I think we find out while they're on the ferry that someone, while the, why they're there, right? Yeah, they briefly talk about how some woman, like, um, escaped. Yeah. So you're looking at this and you're like, there's no way. Like, she's, there's, <laughs> it's like barbed like, wire where everywhere. Where did she go? Yeah. Exactly. So... We also find out that there's different wards. There's like a man and a woman's ward. But then there's also Ward C, which is like this big creepy building. Mm-hmm. And that was like the really like war area where they right. and it's did things. Basically, it, it's the home of all the like really crazy people. Yes, and I the, hate using that word crazy, but the worst, you know what I mean. Yeah, the worst and violent, most violent yeah. people or whatever. I watched a lot of ghost adventures. Fun fact. So like they always go to places like this uh-huh. and it's always like, this is Ward C. We're all like the really criminally insane people. Yeah. And I was like, Ooh, that's definitely haunted. Ward C to me was like the equivalent of where they would put Bellatrix Lestrange in Azkaban. It was basically Azkaban. <laughs> the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> so we find out right away that the marshals have to surrender their guns Mm -hmm. at that point which they're not happy about which they're not happy about there's a point which ends up you know ends up being a little easter egg Mm -hmm. i guess we'll drop in a little easter eggs at at this time so at this point chuck needs to hand over his gun and we see him fumbling with the holster Mm -hmm. and ends up handing over the holster and the gun together this is definitely one of those movies like if you go back and watch it you pick up more because i would not have even thought twice about right. that. I was like, oh, this rookie. What's he doing, <laughs> right? Um, but then, so this is where they go into more detail about that there was a woman escaped from the asylum. That's why they're there. They're trying to figure out how she could have gotten away from mm-hmm. all of this because they talk about how the people that are there on this island are the worst patients and nobody else will take them. Right. So not only are they really hard cases, but literally no one else in the entire world will take these people. This is like the last resort for these individuals. So as they're walking into the building, we get the world's creepiest woman. Literally. Um, Uh, I don't know. The shining woman, I think beats her. That's true. Yeah. (laughs) The bathroom. Yeah. Uh, Gosh. Yeah. Flashback (laughs) of that. But anyways, it's like this, really old woman i don't even know if she's that old but she has like no hair and she basically like shushes teddy as mm-hmm. he walks up and like now going back i'm like like 
why did she do that? I still don't know why she did that to him. I don't know, but I totally thought that that was the escaped woman and he oh, was the only one that was yeah. able to see her. And I was like, oh, is she a ghost? Yeah. There's a lot of different ways this movie could have gone. Yeah. That was not it, though. No. <laughs> um, so we get to meet Dr. Colley at this time. Kind of found out he's like the head physician, basically, at mm-hmm. this place um, where he's really trying to treat these people. And... He seems like one of those guys who just sees good in everything. Like he knows that these people have done horrible, horrible things, but he thinks that he can rehabilitate them and heal these people. And if he can't at least try to keep them calm. And Teddy's like, yeah, I don't care. Yeah. He's He's like, like, they're criminals. Right. And I, a little bit, I was like, yeah, same Teddy. Like, (laughs) do I care if these people have a calm life? Like, no, not really. But I get it. Cause like he even goes so far as to say like, you know, past methods were to like torture these individuals. I'm trying to use this new method of actually trying to heal them, make them better. Yeah. Regardless, they're not, it's not like they're going to go back into society and be good humans. They're just, he's just trying to be humane about the way he does. I will say, I feel like this is the time in, in history where like, I wish they would have gotten a little bit more detail about these methods that, Mm -hmm. that kind of come through. Actually a great, series to watch is um ratchet Mm. it's about um sarah paulson's in it um and she's a nurse at um like a facility where they do these alternate forms of treatment like lobotomies and Mm -hmm. all this other stuff very fascinating because it actually happened right and like the they're doing things to people that you're like there's no way like who believed that sticking a drill into someone's brain was going to heal them right like, why was that ever a thing? Um, people also thought the world was flat. So there you have it. Just wild. But yeah, that <laughs> series is really great. And it's kind of creepy, but I definitely recommend it. Um, but anyways, I'm kind of on board with Teddy. I'm like, okay, these people did horrible. Not only are they a little bit cuckoo, but they mm-hmm. did horrible things. We now find out he's talking about Rachel and how Rachel escaped. And she escaped somewhere in between 10 p.m. and midnight. So not a long period of time. And she's in there. Because she killed her children. They says that um, she doesn't believe that they're dead. And she actually thinks that this is her home. Right. And that all of them are just normal people. Like her delivery men. Her, her milkman. Like all of that. <laughs> like this is her fantasy world is living there. Which fascinating. <laughs> um, and now we see that Teddy's starting to have these visions. And these really bad headaches. And it's in the movie... I thought they did a great job, like the visualization, mm-hmm. visual, visualization, visualization of it's all about enunciating. <laughs> yes. um, it, they do a really good job in the movie. In the book, it, you described it the other day. It's like, yeah, it, it almost sounds more like memories when mm-hmm. he's describing it in the book. Whereas this, we can really see that like he's having vivid images right. brought to him. And maybe that was just interpretation of what was kind of talked about in the book. But yeah, they, they de- definitely felt more like memories in the yes. book. So they go into her room and they still like don't understand how she could have gotten out. In the book, they actually describe it pretty like, like, cause my mind right away, I was like, well, clearly she was hiding behind the door when someone walked in <laughs> and she snuck out. And like in the book, I thought it was so smart because as I'm thinking that they're like, okay, so, you know, we're probably thinking that this is how she did mm-hmm. it, but we're going to show you how it's not right. real. And I was like, 
Okay, you're right there with me. Well, I get yeah, it. In the book, they describe it like the room is so small. It's mm-hmm. essentially a cell yeah. that like you can't possibly miss someone passing by you right. being in that room. But that room was a lot bigger in the movie. Than 100%. <laughs> like it was bigger than I think my bedroom. <laughs> um, but they go into the room. We find out that there's no place to hide. And then we also find at this point, because both of her pairs of shoes are there, that she's barefoot. Mm-hmm. So we have a woman who escaped from an a place that she can't escape from in her bare feet. <laughs> Mind so, you, it, it, the weather is not great outside either at this right. point. So while they're in there, Teddy ends up finding a piece of paper behind her bed. And on this piece of paper, it says the law for who is 67. Mm-hmm. I think in the book, like, Oh, I have a, the full thing. Okay, great. Yeah. Cause I was like, it's longer. It's still, it's even more confusing than what we get in the movie. It's the law of four. I am 47. They were 80 plus you are three. We are four. But who is 67? Right. (laughs) I was like, what? (laughs) Does it make sense to you now? No, I feel... Well, they do try to describe it in the book. But numbers are just like a foreign language to me. So like, I was like, I'm just going to go with what the movie gave me. Yeah. (laughs) So we find this letter. It does come into play a little bit later. Um, We also find out that not only did she slip the guards, she also slipped by everybody in the rec room. (laughs) Like who are like playing cards and she's all very of this. stealthy. Yeah, and at this point you're kind of like getting a little suspicious of Dr. Colley because he's like not the most accommodating. Like mm-hmm. they keep asking for like the personnel files and all this, and they're like, We can't give it to yeah. you. So you're like in your mind watching this movie, you're like, Okay, clearly they're trying to cover something up. Right. Well, and this goes back to your mention of like is he a good guy or is he a bad right. guy? We don't know yet. Exactly. So the other theory is, you know, maybe she swam. <laughs> like to where? Who there's knows? No way. So they go and look. Like it's the waves are crashing. Like there's like there's giant no cliffs way. too. I'm like, yeah, you would definitely die. There is no way that that would actually happen. So the so Teddy and Chuck, being the good detectives they are, they start talking to all of the staff that were on duty, and of course, no one has saw anything. Yeah, I just think the people that work at mental institutions or stuff like this like even prisons honestly wild yeah i don't know what i would like i just they have to have the best stories like well and you got to be the type of person that doesn't bring work home because yeah. that would just that would completely ruin every i i feel like these people I have. I have punched their tickets straight to heaven yeah like it's it's i, I couldn't do it somebody's got to do it so right thanks to all the ones that do so Everyone's saying that they didn't see anything, um, but Glenn, Glenn's like, well, I went to the bathroom for like a couple minutes and they're like, Glenn, that's against protocol, Glenn. Freaking Glenn. So anyways, that has nothing to do with it later, but freaking Glenn. (laughs) Um, We also find out that Rachel was in group therapy the night she went missing, like right before. So they start talking, you know, about how, you know, she was worried about the rain. And so something about that. So I was like, all right. What about the rain? She like, I'm trying to, like, piece this together. She also complained about the food, which right. can't be that good. Right, and they're all, like, laughing, like, ha-ha. <laughs> yeah. And then so we also find out that there's another psychiatrist that works there named Dr. Sheehan. I just laughed at that name because, you know, like, if you're on TikTok, you watch people do these Sheehan hauls, the website. That's literally Sheehan how shine. I... That's how I typed <laughs> it in my notes. And then I switched um, my... Um, 
uh, closed captioning on. Yeah. And I was like, oh, it's Sheehan. She Got yeah. it. It was so funny because I was like, she and she and I shine. Like, that's whatever. Anyways, <laughs> tangent. It's one of those episodes. Sorry. Everyone. Yeah, it's fine. Um, we'll get through it, I promise. Yeah, but I guess I mean, that doctor was running the group that night. Um, but they say that he left on the ferry that morning. Yeah, basically the ferry that eventually brought chuck and teddy back mm-hmm. is where, where he left and they're like right. they're like yeah he's on vacation they're like what do you mean he's on vacation right. like he's a doctor he's allowed to go on vacation right <laughs> so very early like everyone kind of starts having their suspicions about all of this right. i was like this is an inside job clearly it's an inside job <laughs> um so we then find out that all the phone lines are down so you can't no one can reach anybody so this is kind of what you were talking about earlier it's that no on an island no yeah. lines of communication type thing um, they go to visit Miss Dr. Colley that night in this like amazing house. It's like, I don't even know what it's like a old, I don't know, headmaster's house. I don't know. I was, I was like, this <laughs> but is- I'm like, that's cool that he's living there while everyone else is just like slumming. Right. Like, cause we, we even see like the, um, orderly quarters. Yeah. And I was like, wow. Yeah. Like <laughs> it honestly reminded me of like the difference in levels on mm-hmm. the Titanic where, like, the rich yep. people got to live on, like, you know, lavish yeah. land and then... Well, and I thought it was interesting because we do meet the warden a little bit later. But, like, in my mind and, like, stuff like this, like, the warden is always, like, head honcho. Yeah. So maybe he... I don't know. It's kind of weird. But at his house, we meet this German doctor. I didn't even write his name down because there's... Dr. N- Nering? There's no way I was going to be able to pronounce it. But it's so funny because they're, like, trying to piece together at this point, like... There's like this aha moment, like, oh, you're German? I was like, did no one realize he was German within the five <laughs> seconds he opened his mouth? Because I did. Like, there's this like classical music that's playing, and Teddy ends up have start he keeps having these like visions of being in the war and the Holocaust and Hitler, and that music is triggering these memories. Um, but we find out that supposedly both Teddy and Chuck were in the war. Um and then Teddy start starts speaking German all of a sudden. <laughs> and I was like, Leo, bilingual. I'm sure he's like quadruplingual. <sighs> At least for a couple lines. Well, that's what I'm saying. He just <laughs> learns the lines he needs to learn. Yeah. So then there's this like weird dynamic between Leo or Teddy and this doctor that like doesn't really go anywhere in this story. No. But they make you think that it, it's going to go somewhere. It's it's basically that whole like baiting you to like think there's multiple suspects. Yeah. In this, in this exactly. situation. It's very um, Murder on the Orient Express. Yeah. Who can we point fingers yeah. at? <laughs> um, so it's now starting to pour outside. And Teddy again is trying to figure out Rachel's note and, you know, decipher this zodiac killer thing right so oh not to mention uh during this quarrel that they had teddy was basically like we're leaving yeah we're getting on the ferry tomorrow and we're leaving we're leaving yes he's ready to go he's like if you guys aren't gonna like you know help us out like we're leaving like this is dumb so that night teddy ends up having a dream and it's his wife is starting to like get on his case for drinking so much and after he got home from the war and she then goes on to say, Teddy, don't, you don't leave. She's still here, dot, dot, dot. And so is he. Right. right so right. he then ends up saying the name latest at this time. And you're like, huh? Who is that? Who is that? And then she like dramatically turns to Ash. That in was his, crazy. In his, because we didn't mention this earlier that 
his wife, he had told his new partner, Chuck, that his wife had died in an apartment fire, Mm -hmm. that he was at work and she died in a fire. So in this dream, she's like turning to ash. It's very like cinematically cool. Very cool. Um, It's uh, just a point that was different in the book. This scene in the movie, I think, happens in their apartment, right? Mm-hmm. Um, in the book, it happens at their lake house, mm. which comes into comes play, into play later. a little bit later. Uh, so now the storm is really starting to to turn, and there's no fairies coming. So now everyone's really stuck. And <laughs> we then find out, I don't remember who told us this, but we found out that Rachel was on some sort of drug Mm -hmm. to keep her from being violent. So now I think everyone's even more on edge because they're thinking, okay, she's not on these drugs. She's going to be really violent. Yada, yada, yada. So now Teddy and Teddy and um, Chuck start talking to the patients that were in the group therapy session that Rachel was supposedly in the night she went, she disappeared. And they start with this guy named Peter and Teddy like starts like antagonize Peter and Peter's just like not having it. And then Teddy starts asking him about a man named Andrew latest. He's like, do you know him? Do you know him? And this poor Peter guy just keeps getting more and more aggravated. And it's one of those things, like, once you find out what happens, I'm like, how did they get these patients to not, like, say anything? True. You know what I mean? True. But anyways, the next person that they interview okay. is Mrs. Kearns. And <laughs> poor Mrs. Kearns seems so nice. Come to find out, um, she actually murdered her husband with an axe. Yeah, but listen. <laughs> he cheated on her. Yep. He abused her. Yep. So he deserved the axe. Yeah. I was kind of surprised that she was in this. She, I feel like she would just be in normal prison. Like everyone would be like, yeah, you're not crazy. You're oh. just, you're just doing whatever. <laughs> well, I think the act of using an axe is I mean, probably a little bit more brutal sure. than most cases. <laughs> uh, but she starts talking about Dr. Sheehan and how, you know, he's very nice and very easy on the eyes. <laughs> um, and at this point, she ends up asking for a glass of water. Mm-hmm. And while Chuck goes up to get her a glass of water, he writes down, she writes something down in Teddy's notebook. Did you catch this at this point where she ends up, he brings her back a cup of water and she takes a sip and there's nothing in her hand? Oh, no. She takes a sip of the water and there's no cup in her hand. Really? But then when she puts it down, there's a cup on there. Is that like a editing issue? No. Oh. Supposedly it's part of the whole thing i guess so it's one it's those little nuggets that end up keep coming into play interesting um but again teddy again asks her about this andrew latis and she doesn't know who that is but she does get like distraught when when she says no um so at this point chuck asks teddy like who is this andrew latis guy that you keep talking about and teddy's like well he was the maintenance man that at our apartment that started the fire that killed his wife and that he ended up getting away with it. And then he disappeared. Um, and then he ended up burning down a school later on. And he actually ended up in this mental institution and then disappeared. And so he wants to figure out where this guy is. Mm -hmm. So we end up finding out that what Mrs. Kearns had wrote in that notebook, um, was just the word run. Which is very fascinating. It is fascinating. Yes. Um, so they end up deciding that they want to go look for Andrew Latus in the cemetery for whatever reason on the island. Well, I think their justification is like, 
We know that he's not in A and B. He could be in C, but we can't get into C. So maybe if he's in the cemetery, then he's already dead and we don't have to worry about right. him. So the storm really starts kicking up at this point. And it's really, really bad. And they almost get crushed by these trees. And they end up going into the mauso- this mausoleum for shelter. And this storm, like, like I said earlier, come to find out what ends up happening. I'm like, this must have just been a happy coincidence. Like, yeah. Well, and I guess no better time than to mention it here. I think at the end of the book, um, they're talking, him and Kali are talking, and he says something like, oh, and you just happen to, like, create a storm or something. Yeah. And he's like, he's like, um, sometimes it's just, like, something basically to, like, predicting the weather, yeah. essentially. Yeah. So I think they kind of were planning it around a possible storm. Ooh, okay. That <laughs> yeah. makes a little bit more sense. So while he's in the mausoleum, they, he ends up having another flashback um, of being at the internment camp. And there's these piles of frozen bodies. And... It's it from what it seems like from his flashbacks that Teddy was actually there when the German soldiers um, surrendered at this camp. Mm-hmm. So because basically the German soldiers came out, so it was probably after Hitler was killed, and um, the soldiers come out. They end up lining them up and then just killing them, like murdering like them. execution style. yeah it was crazy so and then so chuck and him are kind of having this like all right we're stuck in this mausoleum let's get to know each other type moment <laughs> and so teddy ends up telling chuck that you know he knows someone who has been here at this at this asylum and that he told him one time that they were experimenting on people and so teddy's main goal right now which then kind of pivots this whole thing is teddy's thing is that he wants to figure out what exactly is going on at this asylum and just blow the whole thing up. Mm -hmm. Not physically, but like let people know in the world what's actually happening at this asylum. And I don't think, I think at this point we find out that it's noise that he, yeah, George noise. Yeah. Which I was like, (laughs) noise. We're such children. Um, (laughs) But I love that we both thought. I know. I know. Uh, So, so Teddy's like, or no, Chuck even goes like, so did you ask to be on this case or like what he's like, no, I didn't ask. It just kind of like, I heard it and I wanted to be a part of it. And it was kind of strange again, knowing what happened, mm-hmm. that that was what his brain was telling the reasoning behind yeah. this was. Well, I love it. Cause Chuck goes, this just smells like go- government ops. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so Chuck, Chuck thinks that Teddy wanted to come here and he's like, is there even, does Rachel even exist? Like at this point, like Chuck is starting to like tr- kind of figure out or trying to, f- trying to figure out what the heck is going yeah, on. He's definitely questioning things. Yeah. So they end up getting out of the mausoleum and they end up going, cause they're soaking wet. So they go into the shower and we get to see Leo and Mark without their shirts on. Yes, please. Or yeah. Like, can we just stop the movie there? <laughs> It was great. <laughs> well, and I just think how it conveniently, you know, obviously their clothes are essentially drenched. So now they're wearing mm-hmm. like orderly outfits. Yes. How convenient. Yeah. Because their suits have to be cleaned or they could just walk around shirtless the whole time and I'd be okay with that it. That would work too. <laughs> so we come to find out very quickly what in the cipher that Rachel left, what who is 67 means. Mm-hmm. Like Teddy just kind of figures it out yeah. and come to find out that there are 66 patients on the island. So 
Rachel thinks that there is another patient some somewhere else on this island. Right. So that's where the who is 66. In the book, I think it takes them quite a bit longer to, well, <laughs> to like figure I, this out. I, I read you what it said. It was a lot more like yeah. convoluted in in the, the way that it happened. But I, something I forgot to mention, like they actually figure out that um, Rachel's name has 13 letters in it mm-hmm. a little bit earlier. So when he's telling them about how she's on medication or she yeah. was on medication, that's kind of when they first make mention of the 13 letter mm-hmm. piece in the book. Um, but yeah, it does. It, it almost takes like the entire book for them to figure out <laughs> yeah. who 67 is. So they're at this, like when, when they kind of figure this out, I forgot to say like Teddy and Chuck are like walk into this like staff meeting almost with all the doctors mm-hmm. and the warden and they're talking about Rachel and, and whatever. And so when Teddy's like, I figured out this 67 and they all look at him and they go, well, haven't you heard? Did no one tell you? Like, Rachel has been found. What? And you're like, what? That's kind of anticlimactic. Like, <laughs> no one told these guys who were here for that reason. Right. Very strange. So they go and talk to Rachel. And she's sitting there, flesh and bones. And she says, um, they asked her what she did yesterday. And she said she made breakfast for Jim and the kids. And packed his lunch and sent the kids to school and then took a nice long swim in the lake. Because if you'll remember, she thinks that she lives here. Yes. And her kids are still alive. And then she goes, then she stands up to Teddy and goes, and after that, I've thought of you. And then she goes, don't you know how lonely I've been, Jim? You're dead. And I cry every night. And you're like, what? 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 So she thinks that Teddy is Jim. Her husband. Yes. So she's... So, like, that's kind of, like, almost... The, we think that that's, like, the end of Rachel and the story. Like, let's all go home. <laughs> We're all great now. So, but then she, like, figures out. She starts yelling at Teddy, like, who the F are you? Like, you're not my husband. Like, it clicks with her that that's not her husband. So they end up telling Chuck and Teddy that they found her at the lighthouse skipping rocks. <laughs> Just skipping rocks. There is another um, thing that I failed to mention. So at one point... Um, they talk about how all of the guards are out looking for Rachel Mm -hmm. and Teddy and Chuck go down to like the water and all of the guards are just standing around, like not really doing anything. I was like, are these people getting paid for this? Right. Exactly. (laughs) Because they're not doing anything. Ends up being a little Easter egg into the end of the story. So, um, so it's funny because I was like, oh, they just randomly found her by the lighthouse that they were all standing around. That Mm -hmm. doesn't seem likely. Hmm. Very strange. So Teddy starts having another migraine and, from the beginning, every time he has an, a migraine, Dr. Caldy ends up giving him these, we, what you th- would think are like ibuprofen or yeah. aspirin. So they end up having to all go down to the basement uh, for shelter from the hurricane. And the warden is actually there. This is where we kind of get introduced to the warden. Um, and then that night, Teddy ends up having a dream. And it's this very like graphic dream about him being at the internment camps again. And there's the pile of frozen bodies. And then he, he pictures Rachel as one of those bodies as long as well as another young girl who ends up opening her eyes, which is super creepy. Mm -hmm. And she says, you should have saved me. You should have saved all of us. And you're like, he couldn't have saved you from Hitler. Like, come on, like, come on. (laughs) You know, So he then sees he's having a vision of this man named Latus in his, in Dr. Colley's house. And he's like playing with matches. And it's so funny. He's sitting there like 
do you ever watch um, Law and Order SVU? Mm-mm. So like he almost looks like the main character guy from that, but it's not who he was. But anyways, the the really hot guy. Yeah, like what? from it kind of looked like a beat up version of him. But anyways, um, and he's like trying to have this conversation with him, and he has this really awful scar on his face. Well, then at one point, this Andrew latest guy turns into Chuck in his dream. And then he hears like a woman screaming and it's like Rachel with these, with the dead children that she's supposedly killed. Yeah. It was like a weird. Yeah. And then Teddy like picks up the girl and then he puts her into the lake with the other two. Like it's very creepy. Mm -hmm. The whole thing is just bizarre. Um, He ends up then quote unquote woke waking up, but like not really because his wife is there again. And she says that latest isn't dead and he's still here and that Teddy needs to kill him. So, again, he's having these very vivid dreams and visions and everything. Now he really wakes up, though, and the backup generators have failed, and there's just patients everywhere. Because that was our big fear. Like, that is if, a nightmare. If, if the power goes out, nothing is keeping these people in. Right. Because the electric fences are down, some of the electric gates are down, like, there's nowhere, nowhere to keep them in. It's mayhem. Um, but then at one point they're like spanning the thing and there's a patient with an ax cutting down a tree. <laughs> I'm like, what? Like, why, why would we give one of these patients an ax? That seems like a ward a patient. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. <laughs> not yeah. as, not as like loopy or crazy as, as ward C. I'm not but... giving any patient anywhere. <laughs> like just no one should have an ax. I think unless you're a lumberjack, like I don't need an ax. You don't need an ax. Hmm, yeah. I wouldn't even know what to do with an axe. (laughs) Anyways, Chuck ends up looking at him while they're like, everything's in ruins. And Chuck goes to Teddy. "Uh, Nice, nice day for a stroll to Ward C. (laughs) Because they know that they can get in there and there's no one there. There's no uh, defenses keeping them out now. Yeah. So they end up getting into Ward C. It's super creepy. And there's like these cell doors that are open. And all of a sudden this guy like pops out of nowhere and says, tag your it. And goes running down the hallway into this like Hogwarts type staircase. (laughs) I'm like, don't run after him. Please don't run after him. So Teddy ends up running after him. Of course. And he grabs him from behind and he chokes Teddy. And he says like, he doesn't want to leave this place, you know. And this guy is off his rocker. Yeah, he starts talking about hydrogen bombs. Right. And because he's like, they're going to like bomb everywhere. Like this is the safest place to be. Yada, yada, yada. So in self-defense, Teddy ends up attacking the guy back. Mm -hmm. So as Teddy's like attacking him, Chuck and this other guard end up coming in and they start yelling at Teddy for beating this guy up. And I'm like, why are we so worried about this guy? I mean, I think the guy even gave Teddy like explicit instructions not to like, like try to reprimand him, but to like call one of the other people. So I think that's what he was. But hey, if someone's attacking me. I think I have the right to attack back. That's fair. Um, it is important to note in the book, uh, Teddy's actually not the one that attacks mm. this patient. It's actually another guard. Yeah. Um, Teddy just helps the situation. Yeah. So obviously you kind of have to put Teddy in the main character pos- role right. at this point. We now hear, because Teddy's all by himself now, we hear a man whispering the name Latus. And so Teddy starts, it's this like really eerie scene and Teddy's just like striking these matches to use as like light. And there's like naked men in cells and they're like painting on the walls in blood. It's just 
very gruesome yeah. and very creepy. And hopefully the people aren't actually like even like criminally insane people like don't deserve that. Right. Like that's crazy to me. Um, but anyways, he ends up finding his good buddy, George Noyce in the cell. Who's not supposed to be there. According to Teddy, according to Teddy, he's not supposed to be there, but George is saying that he's there because of Teddy. And he says it's a game and plan to, you know, the plan was to get Teddy there, Mm -hmm. that this is all a big game and they wanted Teddy to get, get there. And that even his partner, is not his partner. And at this point, George tells him like, you aren't going to get the truth from latest and, or you're not going to get latest and the truth. Like you're going to have to choose between the two. Mm-hmm. Are you going to go get latest? Or are you going to get the truth of all this? And you need to choose. And he also tells him at this point, like you need to let go of your life or your wife, or you're never going to leave this Island. And he tells him latest is not in ward C and that he's got to be in the lighthouse, if anything. It's just so interesting, like, now talking about it, like, again, Easter eggs. Because, like, yeah. he's just telling him, like, you, it's one or the other. You can't have it both ways. Yeah. Which, when, you know, you find out what actually happens, you're just like, yeah, right. there's no way it could be both ways. Yeah. So, so he leaves Ward C and he meets back up with Chuck. Chuck ends up telling him that he has the intake form from latest and that he needs to look at this. And Teddy's like, I'll look at it later because after he talks to no- to George, he's like starts to second guess his partner yeah. and if he can actually trust his partner. Yeah. So they're up on this like cliff and they're like headed to the lighthouse and they get to the edge of the cliff and they're nowhere near the lighthouse. <laughs> right. And they're too far South. And Chuck said, Chuck at this point says, I think latest is patient 67. Like, I'm pretty positive that's who he is. But Teddy wants, like, nothing to do with him. And he doesn't trust his partner anymore. And he's like, I'm going to go to this lighthouse alone. Like, you stay here. I don't trust you to get up to go that way. So he leaves him there. He, He ends up getting close to the lighthouse, but the tide is up and he can't get to it. So he goes back to where Chuck was and can't find Chuck. All he finds is a lit cigarette on the ground. He looks over the cliff. And he sees a body down at like the rocks. So he like starts climbing down these rocks. Yeah. And it's super scary. I was, I was like, like, there's no way you can there's go There's no that. way. And while he's climbing down, he ends up finding that intake form that fell. Um, and, but by the time he gets down there, there's no body there. The body's gone. And he's like, what in the world? And then all of these rats... If you can see my face right now, ew, it's so gross. This was the scariest part. Just crawling everywhere. Disgusting. But as he's like looking up this cliff, he's seeing a light coming out of a cave. So he climbs up and he finds a woman inside holding this knife behind her back. And she is claiming she is the real Rachel. Mm Mm-hmm. And that that's not the woman up there is not Rachel, that she is the is the real Rachel and that, you know, she never had children that she that she killed. She never had a husband um, that she was actually a doctor at this institution. And when she started asking about the treatments and and everything, and she actually even thought that she could recreate the brain. And she, it was almost like she started looking into more of this stuff and that she ends up thinking that the military is going to be creating these like 
emotionless soldiers. Mm -hmm. And once she found out that that's what they were doing, they made everybody think that she was insane and locked her up. That's her story. Right. At least that's what I got. <laughs> that, that's how I understood it. too. Yeah. Basically, she started asking questions and they didn't like it. So they claimed she was crazy. Right. And so she thinks that they're going to do the same thing to him and that they're going to use his past trauma um, as his loss of insanity. And she tells him, like, they're drugging you. Like, have you been smoking their cigarettes? Have you been taking their aspirin? Like, these are what's causing all of your delusions. Hmm. Interesting. So he ends up, oh, she even says at this point that um, they're doing brain surgery in the lighthouse, that that is where they are doing it. Um, well, and like the way she described it, she was basically like, yeah, they decided to like, you know, pull at different fibers in the eye and like manipulate yeah. people into being the who they the type of people they wanted yeah. them to be by doing things like yeah. what we were talking about earlier about you know yeah. drilling into eye sockets and right stuff. so the next morning um she kicks Teddy Teddy out of the cave she's like there's only room for one person here <laughs> like and and I have no friends like he he you have no friends I have no friends like you need to get out so here's my thing after we know what happens what happens like did this actually happen. Um, like, this is the part that I'm not sure actually happened or if it was in his head. I I don't think so. I, I feel like a lot I don't of this think it didn't is. happen. Right. Because there's no way Leo's rock climbing like that. <laughs> like, it's just not. It's not happening. Anyway, so Teddy gets back up off this cliff and he gets picked up by a guard and has this really strange conversation with this guard. And the, and the guard tells him you're as violent as they come. Like you are like one of the most violent patient or people that we've ever Mm -hmm. had here. And he, he talks to him like he's known them for centuries, you know, that he's known him and he, and it's very like, again, looking back, Mm -hmm. it makes a lot more sense. Teddy's just confused out of his mind at this point. So Teddy is now going to talk to Dr. Colley and he tells Teddy that an unidentified person was in Ward C that went to talk to George Noyce. I wonder who it was. Right. <laughs> and Teddy's like, I don't know. It wasn't me. But anyways, he asks, he asks him if he's seen his partner. And, oh, I guess there's, is he at the lighthouse at this point? No. no. He, he went back and like yep, all the, the like patients and like the staff have been like gathering in this big like hall. Yes. Yes. Okay. So he, he asked, he asked. Dr. Colley, if he's seen his partner and he tell him, he tells him that he doesn't have a partner, that he came to this Island alone. That if this was a series, that would be like the cliffhanger of an right. episode right then and there. Right. So <laughs> immediately you start thinking like, did he imagine Chuck this whole mm-hmm. time? Like that's where my brain mm-hmm. went with this. Same. So Teddy ends up kind of being like, all right, like don't freak out. Don't freak out. He ends up going to like steal his tie back, which is like the world's, ugliest tie <laughs> and he goes and he like run he's he run ends up running to the german doctor he tells him that he's headed to the docks and he has this like altercation with him ends up sedating the doctor with this this needle yeah or whatever that piece i just didn't understand like why was that necessary it wasn't i think it was again it was one of those like let's throw you off the scent of yeah. what's happening so teddy ends up finding a car underneath this cover and he like blows it up with the necktie. And at the same time, he sees his wife again with the little girl from the internment camp outside of this 
car blowing up. Teddy ends up swimming over to the lighthouse at this point. He's like, forget these cliffs. Right. I don't care. He knocks the guard out, takes the guard's gun, and he gets inside of the lighthouse. And this, and he finds Dr. Kali inside. And when he walks in, he tells him, why are you all wet, baby? Hmm. And come to find out the gun that, that Teddy has is empty. So you're like, okay, this is weird. <laughs> um, and he asks Teddy about his delusions. And he ends up telling him that Rachel isn't real. Rachel is not a real person. And that he is actually having withdrawals from drugs that they have been giving him for the past two years in the institution. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. He's a patient. So, twist. Teddy is a patient at the institution. Wow. For the last two years. Fascinating. He is not a U.S. Marshal. Um, yeah, he's a former U.S. Marshal. Former Marshall. U.S. Marshal. Not currently. Right. And he then, Dr. Colley ends up showing him this board with all of these names that end up being anagrams. Remember the title mm-hmm. of, the, of this episode. And that Edward Daniels, Teddy's real name, is actually an anagram for Andrew Latus. And that Dolores, whatever her last name was, mm-hmm. is an anagram for Rachel, whatever her last name was. So those people are interchangeable. Right. And that he has created these, char- these characters in his mind. And that he's been having these delusions for two years. And that he actually ended up attack- attacking George Noyce because he knew who he really was. So at some point, those two had met at some point on Uh, the island. At the hospital, yeah. And he knew who he was and ended up beating him up because he didn't want people to know who he really was. Um, And Dr. Colley at this time says, like, we have been told that if you were if you do not get better soon, they the warden is going to lobotomize you. So. At this point, again, we're thinking, okay, he's also made this delusion of his partner, Chuck. Mm-hmm. Nope. Chuck actually walks in the door. <laughs> Wait, hold on. I think you missed saying who he actually is. Oh, yeah. I mean, I it's mean, implied, but. It's implied. But if you, yeah, sorry. <laughs> I was too, I was too excited. <laughs> Come to find out that Edward Daniels, Teddy Daniels, is actually Andrew Latus. Andrew Latus is the real person, and Teddy is this alter ego personality that he has created. Correct. We still, at this point, don't know exactly why, right? So, anyways, like I said, Chuck now walks in. Come to find out, his name's not actually Chuck, but Chuck is actually Dr. Sheehan. What? And that he has been working with Dr. Colley, and he has actually been Andrew Latus's um, psychologist this whole time he's been mm-hmm. here, and that he has been playing a role as his partner for the last two days and trying to get him to come to the realization of what has happened. Um, at this point, Teddy slash Andrew tries to shoot them, um, but the, which is actually kind of a cool little scene. He yeah. shoots them or he shoots Dr. Colley and you see kind of blood splatter, but nothing happens because it's yeah. an, actually, it's a toy gun. In the book, it actually, he shoots them and like it, water comes out. Like it's oh, almost yeah. like a water gun. <laughs> I thought that was interesting. So 
we find, we start to find out more about his wife. We find out that Rachel, obviously this Rachel character is the one who had drowned her children. Come to find out that his wife, Dolores, actually was a manic, had manic depression and that she set fire to their apartment on purpose. She did not die in the fire, but she did start it and that they ended up moving to a lake house to kind of reset. And while one day when Andrew was at work, she actually drowned their kids in the lake. So same story as Rachel almost, but Mm -hmm. it actually happened to his wife and to him. Right. So he's basically created this like alter ego lifestyle Mm -hmm. to convince himself that like what his wife did was actually not, not, not her. And it wasn't like, he basically builds her up in his mind as being this perfect woman. And she wasn't. So we now get a flashback from the lake house and kind of this just awful scene of him coming home from work. She's out on the swing and says, baby, why are you all wet? Just like the doctor had. And she said that the kids are in school and he was like, it's Saturday. And he sees the kids floating in the lake and he tried to save them and it's just awful. Mm-hmm. And he takes them out of of the lake. And she comes over to him. And she's like, well, let's just put them on, on the table. We'll change their clothes. And they'll just be like little dolls. So creepy. Like super. This is the moment that I said I needed more from Michelle yeah. Williams. Because it was a really creepy scene. Agreed. And she didn't bring anything for yeah. me. She then says to Andrew at this point, set me free. He says that he loves her. And then he shoots and kills her. Basically then sending him into just delusion. Yeah. Yeah, Delusion city. So at this point in the movie, we're back into the present and Andrew slash Teddy passes out in the office. He wakes up and he's saying Rachel's name and he knows why he's there. He's totally lucid. He knows why he's there. He knows he killed his wife. He knows what his wife did. He knows that he made up those other people Um, and he did it because he didn't want to know Dolores as being the person who killed his children. And he, there's so much guilt in his mind that he didn't get her help. So he thinks that everything that happened is his fault. And so he's like a totally normal person at this point. And this is what Colleen and the others really wanted because they really were hoping that this scheme that they basically put together was going to, it was basically such an extreme plan yeah. that they were hopeful that it would create this lucid, yeah. lucidity with him, within him. And it, they, for all intents and purposes, they think it worked. Well, and so basically, which I mean, I failed to hit on because I was getting too excited. <laughs> this whole thing and the investigation and all of this was a two day role play. Mm-hmm. Everybody on the island was in on it. Right. That's what the whole, that's why you keep talking about the storm or like the storm just was like a happy incident. Yeah. Technically. Yeah. I think, I think that was like planned. Obviously they planned it around when they thought there was going to be a storm, but yeah, like the conversations with the staff, the conversations with the patients, the supposed meeting of the real Rachel, like none of it is really ever confirmed whether or not it was real or not. Uh, We're all led to believe at this point, a lot of it was probably in his head. Yeah. So we do find out, um, Dr. Sheehan tells us that he he did have a breakthrough nine months ago, that at some point he came to this realization and then he, he regressed again. So they were trying one more last ditch effort to get him to come to his senses about what happened. And he says 
My name is Andrew Latus. I killed my wife in the spring of 52. So the movie ends with Dr. Sheehan and Andrew slash Teddy having a cigarette out on the steps at the institution. And he thinks he's Teddy again. And he thinks Chuck is his partner again. Or he just says that. So he, and he tells him, he's like, we need to get off this rock. Come on, partner. We need to do this. So at this, the next thing he says, would you rather live as a monster or die as a good man? And at the same time, Chuck slash Dr. Sheehan is looking at Dr. Colley kind of gives him this head nod or head shake that he's regressed again. And they take the warden ends up taking Andrew slash Teddy away to supposedly be lobotomized. So and I, that's how the movie ends. Hold on. But like the way you just described it, mm-hmm. I, I understood it. Or I interpreted it differently when he actually says to live as a monster, die as a good man. That to me showed that, no, he actually is lucid. Oh yeah. He totally is lucid, okay. but he's trying, he is acting like he's right. Right, right, right. But I so think that he but Chuck it. or Sheehan figures that out. Right. I think so. Yeah, like he, he has this moment where he's like, I think he even says like Teddy, yeah. Like he asks or like, he's just trying to figure out basically, is he telling the truth? Has he actually yeah. regressed or does he know? And he's just right. now, he's basically like, this is how I should, right. should die essentially. Um, but that's not how the book ends. Right. The book simply just ends with that whole, f- um, uh, the, the conversation of him saying like, let's get off this rock. Mm-hmm. So the book actually ends presuming that he has regressed mm-hmm. and that's, that's kind of yeah. the end. The, the just adding that like final line. line was brilliant pure genius brilliant pure genius. well and it's even one of those things like i didn't catch it right away uh-huh and then my mom and ray were like no that's actually like he's oh actually you did it i i didn't oh get it. but and 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 that's i had read later that scorsese added that into so you could leave it up to your own right you're not interpretation of yeah. what happened no but, I, I my jaw dropped when he yeah. said that and then like he got up and i was like Oh, damn. <laughs> like, I thought that was such a yeah. great way to, like, just, you know, put that last bit of, I like, bet the author of the book was like, dang, what Scorsese. Did I think of that? Yeah. Got it one up me, man. That was way better. Totally. <laughs> so, yeah. So, that's how this one ends. Yeah. Crazy. For better or for worse. So, I think we both can say that the movie did stay true to the book. Yeah. 100%. So, yeah. I mean, other than that little twist at, you know, that little line at the end. Um, but yeah, what are you going book or movie? I gotta go movie. Yeah, man. It's um, so good. The, the, and you mentioned this earlier. I listened to this book and it's, it's good, obviously. Like there's not mm-hmm. a lot that changes. I think the premise is genius. Um, but I think all the characters or the actors brought the story to life. Yeah. Obviously Leo is God. <laughs> yeah. And then just that last thing really like solidified for yep. me how much better the movie yep. was. Cause it's like, to your point, it leads you to leave your own interpretation or figure it out on your own. But it also is just like for lack of a better phrase, a total mind F Yeah. at the very last second of the movie. Well, and I always, you know, judge movies on, do I want to watch it again? Mm-hmm. And yes, I do. I know the twist already. Absolutely. Yeah. But I want to go back and watch and see all the little things that you miss. Yeah. 100%. So <laughs> two for the movie. Woo! All right. That's it for this one. Make sure to hit subscribe on your podcast app.
If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, go ahead and give us a rating and leave us a review. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at The Boovy Girls. You can also email us at theboovygirls at gmail.com. And actually, I just wanted to let you all know, um, if you do follow us on Facebook, uh, we are now, you're able to now listen to our podcast through Facebook itself. So it makes it super easy. Like, you'll get notifications when we have new episodes, and you can listen right on the app, which is pretty cool. That's crazy. Yeah, I I forgot to tell you that. (laughs) Um, And like we mentioned earlier, we are on Patreon. Uh, we have a couple levels for you to sign up, get access to our bonus content, get a sticker for joining, get a shout out in a future episode. Um, you can do all that by going to patreon.com forward slash the booby girl and signing up. Booby girls. Sorry, booby girls. There are. Sorry. Um, I am sad that spooky season is coming to an end already. I'm not. <laughs> easy on you this year you give did me a not break. give me a break right. um but anyways we're ending with the classic rear 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 psycho have you seen this no you've never seen this movie i've never seen this movie so i purposely watched this movie so that i could watch bates motel mm-hmm. um i mean it is a classic but i've never read the book mm-hmm. so i'm very interested to see how the it's book hard goes. to find this book so yeah i think i might have to listen to it on audio also yeah. <laughs> so this will be interesting <laughs> yeah so i'm excited we're closing out spooky season yeah thanks for listening and remember don't judge a book by its movie bye, bye.